What's good, y'all? Welcome to the Very Dependent Podcast, where we depend on the Verde and Black for our everyday vibes. Today, we're going to start the first half of this episode with a preview of the May schedule before we jump into a halftime discussion on which young players we think get sold first. After we take a quick break, we will spend the second half on the discourse surrounding fan culture and end it with a stoppage time rundown of the hottest Austin FC and MLS storylines of the past week. I'm Logan Bartlett, a.k.a. Lobar. I'm Logan Jones, otherwise known as Lojo. And what's up, everyone? My name is Paul. All right, let's get to it. Paul, kick it off. Yeah, guys. So, uh, you know, it's early May. We got a hell of a lot of games to uh, look at. And I figured we'd just go ahead and and kick things off with a little bit of a point prediction uh, for league games. Obviously, in there, we've got our open cup match against uh, New Mexico. Um, But we're not going to necessarily worry about that one just yet. I'm just curious to see what you guys think about MLS preview. Um, So just... Hear, hear this lineup up and then start to think about what, what points uh, we might be able to capture uh, in the month of May. So away, we've got Portland Timbers uh, over there in Providence Park. Then we welcome FC Dallas back to Q2. Uh, then we go back to Cascadia up there in the Pacific Northwest where we show down against Seattle, where we also, I think... Haven't scored, I'm pretty sure, um, but that's totally okay because then after that game, we come back home uh, and we get our first little taste of Toronto FC. That'll be the first game we've ever played against them. Uh, and then we go back on the road again, just down uh, 290 over to Houston Dynamo and face the Naranja over there. And then we end the month uh, MLS League play against Minnesota United at home. So right there, that's I believe that's six games. Total, you know, a good home and away balance. Um, what are y'all thinking as far as just things that, that jump out at you? Are there any like specific matchups that y'all are interested in or? Um, yeah, but if, if I'm not mistaken, the Dallas and Houston games are the first Copa Tejas games that count. Yeah, that's facts. Okay, so yeah. man, those are going to be tough, man. Those are going to be tough games because we have Dallas at home who we've had some good run against uh, You're looking at the end of 2022. Um, and then we're away at Houston and they're both doing better than us. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, those are going to be tough games, man. And, and I bring that up because I, I know Josh Wolf feels the heat from the fans now that he needs to put out a competitive, good lineup in those games, especially with the Copa Tejas component. Um, so I expect we put out our best lineups. I'm hoping we win at least one of those. I'm, I'm hoping we at least draw the other, um, I could I could see Dallas at home. That'd be a good time to to build on the momentum of last week. Hopefully, we have a decent showing away this weekend. Uh, but all that to say is, I think with the Open Cup considered, you know, we have at least one game, if not two, that's going to lead to some rotation. I'm thinking conservatively eight points. Hopefully, we get a win against like Toronto. We've never played them. That should be a fun game. Hoping yeah. we get a win against Dallas at home. And then, you know, a couple draws, maybe to Houston, maybe to Portland or Seattle. Um, the Minnesota United game, I don't really know, man, because they're kind of up in the air still with all their roster uh, issues with obviously their 10 out still and some injuries. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, I go with eight. That's my conservative guess. Lojo, what about you? Um, for me, I'm kind of, I want to say optimistically nine. Um, and one of those actually being a result in Portland, you know, hopefully we can finally get uh, a tie. Snap. I'm hoping. I like it. Um, I like it. so, but if not, I think eight's also a great idea. 
I think that's honestly a good uh, prediction as well. But hopefully those games that we win are the Dallas and the Houston games. Uh, If if there's one thing that this fan base and the team needs is just winning the in-state games right now, I think that'd be a huge confidence boost. And getting two wins in this month, uh, I think that put us on the right track. Yeah, no, I agree with you there, Wan. Uh, just like in terms of the the Texas rivalries and those derby matches, um, I think for me, the the wild card in there is going to be that Toronto game uh, because absolutely the the word that I would tie Toronto with right now is just like uh, underachieving. I think um, given the hype around the roster, you know, and. Uh, the players that they've brought in uh, to bolster their squad, they're sitting, I think they're ninth in the East or something like that. I was expecting yeah. them to be definitely in the top four or five. Yeah, um, I agree. With, with the spend and, and all that stuff that they that they uh, brought in for their players. But um, this is the first time that we, we see them. Luckily, we're playing them at Q2. And so... Something tells me that we're gonna we're gonna get a, a dub uh, for Toronto. That being said, I think that that is the only for sure win um, that I can actually see us uh, pulling out here. Um, just based off of the form that other teams that we're fa- uh, facing this month. Um, I mean, you're looking at Portland, who right now, yeah, they're sitting in eighth, but we haven't won away in you know uh, Portland. And it's been one of those series where it's a, it's a hot or cold. There have been no draws, you know? So I definitely think that um, we come away with at best, the most optimistic I can give is, is a a draw there. And then for Seattle, you know, that one's been tough too, because we haven't won away there and uh, they're, they're they're sitting first in the West. Right. Um, So that's going to be tricky for us uh, going up there, but all that to say, I think optimistically, I'm going to sit with uh, Lojo and go with nine points as well. So yeah. um, I like that. I like the optimism, y'all. I like it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, it, fuck, man, it doesn't stop, does it? Like, now is, is tough, dude. I was going to say, gone are the days of the, the, uh, you know, LA Galaxy Colorado matchups. Every opponent we're playing the next month, as of today, is ahead of us in points in the standings. Yeah. So. And- and Paul, would you like to reiterate what you just said about Toronto underperforming uh, despite their roster? Sounds yeah. familiar. Oh, yeah, 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 sounds yeah, a lot yeah, like Austin, doesn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. We might be able to catch a break against another team that is underperforming, you know, based on their roster. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, hell yeah! You seen that meme of uh, the clowns uh, in the in the basketball court, like they're yeah. like, <laughs> fight, and it's like. The battle of the clowns, bro. That that Loki might be us right now. Uh, but that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, what worries me, or I'll say this first. I, I agree with what Josh was saying after the San Jose game. He was saying that performances like what we saw against San Jose and obviously other performances this year at home are just not acceptable. We can't drop points like that at home. We need to win games at home, especially when we're playing tough away opponents. You look at our next three opponents away. We've only beat one of them when visiting, and that was Houston. You know, in the uh, the Tarbell game when Tarbell came in for an injured Stuver after Fedeta's half field, you know, banger. Yeah. So we haven't beat the other two. We haven't beat um, Seattle or Portland away. Um, and we haven't beat Seattle at all. Have we? Did I make that up? No, uh, we haven't beat Seattle. We, right. we definitely like ended up uh, drawing them back at home when uh, Diego yeah. 
came back yes. in like the 60 something minute and that's right that's right put this up yeah but still i mean to the point that's been made endlessly already it's a tough schedule um they, they, the u.s open cup aspect just throws a little more uncertainty in there um do you think we see rotation? Where do you think we see rotation? Is it going to be those away games in Cascadia? Obviously, it's not going to be um, at Houston, given Copateas, or we really hope it's not. You know, We expect we're going to be traveling for Copateas. We bring a good lineup to Houston. But do we see rotation in the New Mexico game, in the Open Cup? Do we see it in Cascadia? Do we see it against maybe Toronto or Minnesota? I think you see it in the Cascadia matchups. Um, I would prefer to see it against probably Seattle. I think we do have yeah. a chance to at least pick up one point against Portland. Mm -hmm. uh, let's rotate against Seattle. Uh, I think you do see some natural rotation uh, against New Mexico just because I, I think it's a totally different animal than what we faced against an SA SAFC uh, last I agree. year. I, I, agree. I don't think the quality is there. Um, and we're also at home yeah. in this matchup. Uh, so we have the home advantages and... So I, I think you do definitely see some rotation there in those Cascadia games. I think Wolf has learned his lesson um, going back to the trauma we all faced if you traveled up to Frisco season one and uh, mm -hmm. saw a heavily, I think Aiden Stanley played uh, that game. Yeah, uh, it was That's terrible. Right. Manny oh, Perez started at right Manny back. Manny Perez, right. Uh, <laughs> so I think Wolf has truly learned his lesson there. And I think you're going to see it in the Open Cup and those Cascadia matchups. Paul, what yeah. is rotation? Yeah, yeah, go for it, please. I was just gonna, I was gonna uh, offer this uh, point here, where I think honestly the Open Cup is the only for sure uh, game where I see our best eleven period, um, because okay. I know I've said this um, in you know the previous recordings that we've done, where it's like this, this, um, this tournament is like our guaranteed shot at getting back up to the top, staying relevant, you know, in our short history and. Um, Obviously, Josh, you know, and the and the rest of the squad, they they found out the hard way last year when we went down to San Antonio and and just kind of made a mess of things. Yep. But uh, I think the squad still has a lot of the pieces um, that we need for success, and we're gonna, you know, th this is like the easiest draw, honestly, out of um, our region, and yep. and we have no reason to um, not be able to put up three at home and uh, move on to the next round. Uh, against the MLS opponent, but all that to say, um, I agree with you, Lobar. I think the the rotation is going to come in a lot of those Cascadia um, matches between Portland and Seattle. Um, right, and right. wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of that against uh, Minnesota as well. Um, yeah. I think the big trigger of all of this is going to be whether we see Radovanovic or Cascante in the lineup or like in the starting eleven, right, and have two real center backs up there to free up ring because that's just, that's kind of been our crux, hasn't it? it? Exactly. We totally need to, we need to, we do. It's time. It's time. There's eight yeah. games this month. That's one game, almost like every 3.5 days or something. Uh, no, for every four days, more or less. So we got to see rotation and it's gotta be, uh, gotta be now. Um, so let's, move, let's, let's move on to this halftime discussion. Um, you know, we want to do a little youth report. Um, Reports online rumored that St. Louis City's uh, Aziel Jackson is linked to multiple Bundesliga sides by Leverkusen, Paderborn, and Hanover just 10 weeks into their very first season. Uh, so that begs the question to me, who are the most likely contenders to be sold overseas for Austin? And this can be both in the first team or the second team. Lojo, tell me. Uh, 
are we picking low hanging fruit here? Because can oh, for, I say Gta? Can I say Gta? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, dude. of course. You yeah. know, technically Gta is still our player. It's and true. I, he's not coming back. You know, this is uh, do right FC over here. We're doing it's right nice. by our players. Um, you know, him and Ruben just yep. it's not. They're not vibing well over here in the U.S. They got to go back, be with their families, do right by their families, which I understand. Um, right. But, you know, to expand upon this and go with a player who's uh, purposeful and meaningful to our team right now, uh, Danny is definitely someone that I think has the talent right now to be uh, sent overseas and sold. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, d- I definitely think um, he's probably the top one. I would like to see a lot of the younger guys, uh, Damian Loss, Burton, de- get some minutes with us before we sell them off. I, I would hate to really yeah. send those guys off without seeing them on the first team. So uh, my hopes are that they uh, definitely get a little bit of playing time with the first squad before we send them. For sure. uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm going to look at the um, next pro squad and look at two players, uh, specifically uh, David Rodriguez and uh, also uh, EJ, Emmanuel Johnson, dude. Uh, Those two guys, from what I'm seeing in terms of the attack uh, for the next pro team, they are, you know, consistently players that I look at and, and go like, you know, they definitely are moving with a purpose and they know how to uh, definitely drive and progress the ball um, and get into dangerous areas of the pitch and, and take shots off. Um, you know, shout out Emmanuel uh, for that really awesome uh, goal against uh, who was that? Was that uh, Minnesota United, Minnesota United too. Team. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, the boys are down to man and it was like late into the second half and he just like bullies one of the defenders off the ball goes, give me that and just strikes it. Uh, right into the lower post. And so anyway, stuff like that, when I, when I'm watching the next pro team, I'm like, you know, guys need to be looking out for, for those two specifically, especially uh, David with his ties to the Mexican uh, national team. And I believe he had a call up um, for, for L tree. And so all that to say, man, is like, uh, I I see those two guys definitely making some waves and and potentially getting um, some playing time elsewhere. Agreed, man. I'm, I'm with both y'all. I think all that makes sense. And, and to Lojo's point, I also want to see some of the young guys, the top guys like the Damian Loss, the Mike Burton, the kids that have gotten a lot of hype recently play for mm-hmm. the first team before we look to sell them. Uh, but someone that I think has a lot of potential clearly has played pretty damn well in the last year and shown a lot of growth and who might not have a fit on like during our championship window with Ring, Driussi, um, the Cascante, et cetera, all the guys, Rigoni, who we've signed through 2026, is Owen Wolf. I think his, like I said, he's shown a lot of growth since he joined the, the squad last year. Obviously enough to, to start outright in the first game of the year. He's had a solid season with all of, you know the, the times that we say he looks like the 18-year-old he is. He's playing really damn well in the same way that Danny was playing really well his, his rookie year, right? For sure. I could see yeah. I could see someone like Owen Wolf because like I mentioned, we have this championship window that we're clearly building through 25-26 with our core of Drew C. Uh Danny is included in that. Cascante, Ragoni, Ring, etc. Zardes, even he's included in that. So I could see, you know, Owen has a lot of versatility where you could play up front and in the midfield. Paul, I see that. I know Zard- I know Zardes isn't performing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I promise like I wasn't making he a signed, face. He signed he signed that long at least. Yeah. Like they signed him for, with that in mind. 
Uh, and something to keep in mind, sorry, also, was that isn't he like linked to the PSV uh, partnership Owen is, or whatever? Yeah, Owen yeah. Is, yeah. He, yeah. I could see him shout. be another guy that's in that, um, like Netherlands, uh, Germany, et cetera, like those leagues where he could hop there next. Um, I know yeah. his brothers, his brother and his dad have both had ties to, to Central European Bundesliga. leagues in the past. Yeah. So um, I think Owen Wolf could be a guy we see go in the near, you know, in the next year or two, and he might be the first big one. Another one, and I'll keep this short, is maybe a guy like Rodney. I mean, Lojo, you hit it on the nail. I don't think Musa's here longer than this year uh, because he wants to be back closer to home, right? So I think he's out. He's a U22 player. So with Kolmanich clearly in the plans and moving forward, you know, before his injury, that only leaves him and Rodney as like U22 options. I think with Ring naturally being a lower uh, paid DP, that opens the conversation for, okay, do we get rid of two of our U22 guys, buy down ring and bring in another full salary DP or, or another, you know, uh, similar salary, but, you know, higher status DP to ring. So I, I, we could see someone like Rodney. If he, if he has a good run throughout this injury spell with both Diego out and he's playing well and he starts getting looks and we can flip him for at least what we bought him for, I could see us kind of restructuring our, our roster with that in mind. But Let's let's stop it there. Um, we're going to take a quick quick halftime ourselves before we look ahead uh, to our discussion on fan discourse. Uh, so we'll see you all on the other side. Let's get the second half going. Uh, so Austin played San Jose Q2 this past weekend. Uh, we draw it at home 2 2. Um, San Jose opened the scoring in the 21st minute, a top 90 banger by Yule. Uh, we tied it up in the 40th minute. This is a big deal. In the 40th minute, Lima hits a far post cross uh, to Redis, of all people. Awesome. Redis bangs it down after Jerusi draws all the defenders to him. He bangs it down to the across the goal to our boy Emiliano Ragoni Stop. for his what? first goal in MLS history. And his bah, first bah, bah, bah. in like fucking two years uh, in professional play. So shout out to that guy. He got his goal. Uh, yeah. He ties it up for us. Uh, we go into the second half. We, you know, we play all right, whatever, whatever. 75th minute, Danny makes an errant pass on our side of the, the midfield, leaves the right wing open. Espinosa takes it all the way to the byline, crosses it into the box, right to a Bobasi, who dunks on our whole defense and Stuver. And uh, they go, go up 2-1. And then we quickly tie it up uh, off, a, off a cross. Or sorry, off a corner. Uh, we crossed it to the far post again. Uh, Leo hits it off the post, and uh, Drew C ties it up off the second ball. So, two-two looks all good. We have momentum. All of a sudden, in stoppage time, boom, we get the uh, the mass confrontation that wastes all of the the stoppage time, and uh, we get three yellow cards. Nick Lima gets slapped in the face by Espinoza. Espinoza doesn't get carded. Uh, it was a whole debacle. What else can you expect from a San Jose game? And uh, that ends it. We get the we get the point. So, Paul, I want to hand it off to you because there's been a lot of discourse on Twitter about Ragoni and his goal and his celebration after the goal. So tell us what's going on. Yeah, man. So I think uh, to give you all some context around this whole discussion, I, I just I want you all to know that, um, you know, the low bar, Lojo and I. Uh, we we definitely pay attention to the the fan talk on social media, and we just can't help but notice. I know for myself, at least, I can't help notice how um, 
how divided things get uh, with every little action or, or unaction that happens across players. And so uh, let's, yeah, let's talk about Rigoni for a quick second. And um, that little celebration where he throws his hands up and he's like, que mas, que mas quieres, right? Yeah, Boludo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, folks are nitpicking at that and, and um, just, I, I don't know, guys, I just want to throw this question back at you. I'm going to answer a question with another question where, you know, how, how do y'all feel when you start to read posts and things like, like this on, on uh, social media, where it's like uh, specifically talking about how, how to act as a fan or, or like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you shouldn't do that or getting shouted down from uh, any particular behavior or what have you. Uh, so like Lojo, I'll go ahead and, and kick it off your way. How do you feel about that? Sure. I mean, look, we all pay money to show up. You know, we, we are invested. We put our time, money, energy, you know, Paul, Paul (laughs) being a huge contributor and a volunteer, uh, member of this community. Uh, you know, we all do a lot to support this team and make, you know, bring them to what they are today. Uh, I definitely think we all have our right to have our opinions. Uh, as long as it's not hurtful or anything violent, you know, yeah. just yeah. violent, disparaging, threatening. Um, you, if, as long as you keep it classy, you can be upset, you can be happy, you can be sad, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I, I'll I'll carry off on that. I totally agree, man. I think you nailed on the on the head with the you know we all pay to be there. And we all put our money in. We're season ticket holders. We spend every weekend doing this. Became- we drive two hours to right, games. <laughs> right, right. I drive 10 minutes, but I hear you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we all put a lot of time in this, but it's because we love it, not because we have an expectation or whatever. So with love comes frustration, comes happiness, comes, um, you know, discussions and all these things. And I think, you know, we see, Paul, you mentioned it can be divided um, very easily. Everybody has their reactions. Everybody has their opinions days later. And it's a constant conversation, you know, from the moment it happens to four days later. Um, I think really all that matters about it, and I've seen this, especially yesterday and today, is at the end of the day, we're all we're all Verde. You know, we're all Verde and Black. We're all here Thanks. to support the team. And I think I haven't seen a single person on Twitter, and that just might be, you know, a product of the bubble that I live in on Twitter. But I haven't seen a single person get, come out of these conversations and and show like a hatred or like a, a true division between the individual. It's all been, you know what, we're all here to support our team. We all feel a certain way. It is what it is, you know, like be frustrated. I get frustrated about other things. You get frustrated about other things. It is what it is. We move forward. I think that's all what it comes down to, right? Is, you know, as long as at the end of these discussions, debates, arguments, whatever they may be, we sit back and realize like, Hey, at least we're not Frisco, you know, like <laughs> we have the Verde and Black on our chest and we're on this together singing every day. So Paul, what about you, man? Yeah. um, I mean, I'm glad that you brought up Frisco and I'm going to bring in uh, the other, uh, you know, other Texas team in Houston, because the way I've seen these fan bases just kind of growing out of their first few years in existence, you know, obviously Dallas being the first uh, as a 96, you know, original uh, MLS 1.0 1.0 team, they, um, you know, for whatever reason, they just didn't grab the market the way that they could have, you know, but obviously Dallas was already saturated with a, with a healthy sports market at the time, go Cowboys. Right. Um, but Houston, on the other hand, is a, another situation where you've got all of these other sports uh, to compete with. 
but right out of the gate, two years in your MLS champs back to back. Um, but then out of nowhere, you just kind of like dive off due to, you know, mismanagement, uh, within, um, ownership and, you know, just not communicating or collaborating with the community enough and, and, and valuing those fans. So I worry the most about shit like that because I love this club and I love, I I love home and I don't want to see my team, uh, become subjected to that kind of, uh, mismatch between this uh, ownership group and then the fan base that supports it and and, and drives the success. Um, so all that to say, I know that the first few years of like creating a brand new team like this, um, the navigating the fan base is, is always tricky because you obviously have, you're pulling in all different fans from, you know, you're talking about lifelong Liga MX fans. And we know how like some of the fan uh, bases can be from Liga MX teams, super passionate and sometimes kind of borderline uh, aggressive. But yeah. also on the other hand, it's like you have first timers, you know, where, that have never really yeah. followed a professional sport in their life. You know, that's just a, you know, a reality here in Austin where the most pro team was the Texas Longhorns, you know, NCAA uh, college team. So um, it's just one of those things where I want to make sure that I'm doing the best that I can to provide a positive atmosphere. Uh, That's why, you know, my wife and I, we, we play in La Merga and and we give our time and our talents to like um, be a part of the the noise and the atmosphere that surrounds Q2 on game days and, you know, watch parties and stuff like that. And so I just hope that, more fans, you know, that don't know, like if their words mean anything or not, it's like, just always be mindful that this is always something. Cause like y'all mentioned, you know, we're always, we're all fair day at the end. And it's just a matter of like, it's going to mean so much more to us whenever we finally do raise that cup. Yep. Um, because we know what it took to get there and we know the pain and the toil of, um, of all that stuff. And so, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think what, um, what excites me about the fan base right now, um, you know, we talked on fan culture and Paul, you mentioned like the first few years of fan culture and like, especially with turbulence, you know, we were ass our first year, we were amazing. Our second year, the third year, we're kind of straddling both, um, looking at how we shape the culture moving forward and the behaviors and thoughts of the fan fan base, regardless of results. What's exciting to me is that, you know, we always know the supporter section is going to be bumping. That's going to be full. Lamerga is going to be there. We're going to be loud and we're going to have a good time. But I'm seeing more and more of that same atmosphere spread across the stadium. You know, year one, and, and I can say this myself just because I, I wasn't a, a season ticket holder, but it was a lot of people, you know, taking advantage of our, of our poor performance and getting cheap tickets week to week. Like I went to like 13 games, almost all the home games, uh, just week to week because they were like 12 bucks. And I brought my mom, my, you know, my uh, my friends, my, my, my dad, you know, I brought all my family and friends to come with me. Cause I was like, yo, this is bad. Like, this is going to be a big thing. Um, and I'm seeing the stadium fill with more fans like that. So I think, you know, last year, if you asked me this, even in our good form, I would have been a little more cautious saying like, we're a year, just barely over a year into this in terms of gameplay. Right. Um, uh, and right now we're still the, the shiny new toy in town. And there's a lot of people that are coming for that reason. In the year three, especially with our struggles right now, I'm seeing that flip. You know, we're still selling out, you know, in technicalities every game. You know, maybe the stadium's not full the entire time, but it's still 
mostly full, if not all the way full every game, even when we're struggling. So that, that excites me when we look at fan culture and like, you know, it, it doesn't even think we need to reteach people. We're just, everyone's excited. Yeah, for sure. And one more thing that I'd like to add to, you know, to kind of culminate put together everybody's points, uh, all this talk and conversation amongst fans, good, bad, frustrated, sad, it shows that we care. I think we have, we are a fan base that does truly care about their team. Uh, we could be another fan base. That's all up in another team's business. I'm looking at mm -hmm. the dynamo Twitter, uh, Alberto, where are you? They're going to, they're going to subtweet Paul all week. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> all week. But you know, I Rent think that's free. truly, that's truly the greatest thing is that I think we have a fan base that cares. True. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We show up, we support, we keep chanting, we keep yelling. It's fun. Even louder when we're down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to ask, I want to ask this question, Paul, you brought this up earlier today when we were just chatting, but what kind of fan are y'all like in short, like are y'all, you know, toxic positives, uh, no one does wrong kind of fans or are y'all like hooligan looking for new ownership after two losses into the year, you know, and like calling for wolf out. <laughs> what are, what are, what are y'all? I okay. Um, full context here. I'm also a Chelsea fan, right? And uh, right. if you were, if you were to, yeah, don't don't look at that form right now. But <laughs> I, I say that because I'm down bad, okay, and and not just this way as an Austin fan, but also uh, that way as a as a Chelsea supporter. But uh, I I care a lot. And my wife will tell you that when Chelsea and Austin have good weeks, I am on top of the world. And when we don't get the results, uh, I'm, you know, just like the saddest boy ever. Um, all that to say, <laughs> I will always, I will always uh, back my teams and always, um, you know, support them. Um, and especially with Austin, right? Because that's home for me. Uh, we all got Verde Hasta la Muerte, you know, tatted on our, on our, on our person. And so Max. it's just one of those things where like, I'm not a toxic positive. I'm always going to make sure to look for the, the positive and things. But, um, at the same time, man, it's like when, when they're not hidden, like I'm down bad. I hear that. Lojo, what about you, man? You know, I, I like to think I'm a really middle of the ground kind of guy. Uh, I try to be, I try to lean towards the optimistic side. I do have my players and the people on the team that were, you know, I'm just so, I'm very critical. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't think they're really pulling their weight. Uh, but, you know, season Nick one, Lima. I really tried. Uh, <laughs> old man Hector. Uh, <laughs> oh, not OMH. <laughs> my God. He's going to be a great uh, coach, guys. Yeah. Player coach. Sure. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, let's let him be great. But, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I first season, I really try to keep it optimi optimistic. You know, it's our, you know, the whole wolf out conversation. I really tuned it out. I've been tuning it out. It, it's creeping in a little bit this year, especially some of those games and those LA games, Colorado. But um, I really try to keep the benefit of the doubt. This is, you know, as some of our, someone in our ownership has said, uh, this is, you know, a hundred year war. Um, I'm very <laughs> positive. Yes, Paul. Paul, I am very positive about Julio Cascante. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I love, That's right. I love Julio Cascante. Same, bro. Awesome. That's our 18. The very dependent will not <laughs> take Julio slander. That's right. Never. Nor Alex Ring slander. But don't, anyways. Don't try it. Don't try it, folks. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, run of the, you know, just kind of middle of the ground. Critical, yeah. but optimistic. Yeah, I hear that. Look. Oh, yeah. Have I tweeted my fair share of Wolf Out tweets this season? Maybe. Have I gone on full <laughs> rage rants about Ragoni's poor performances? 
Possibly. Yes, he has. But do I go to every single game and scream my ass off and lose my voice for the next few days? You're damn right. And I go on Twitter, you know, give me an hour after the game and I'm the happiest dude on earth again, even if we fucking lose in, in the worst fashion. Um, I, I, I go between extremes. I tweet my wolf outs. I tweet my uh, Julio support tweets and all that. My Alex Reen tweets. Um, but in, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm also in that kind of middle ground where like I'm going to critique the, the players and critique the team when I, when I feel a certain way about it. And I think that's fair. A lot of people do the same, but I'm also going to praise the team and, and back them no matter what, right? Like or back them no matter what, praise them when they deserve it. Of course, you know, separate those two, but I'm always yeah. going to back the team. Like I, I, I wear this crest on my chest. I got VHLM on my leg. Um, like I'm going to keep rocking this team till, to the day I'm not here to do it anymore. So, um, it's, it's just fandom, dude. You know, it's just fandom. Every, crazy, every, baby. Everybody's running around with their head cut off, just angry and happy at the same time, constantly. <laughs> and the beautiful thing, y'all, you, you know, we forget that three years ago, like we were all just dreaming until the day that we could actually do this stuff. And so right. it's right. the, um, you know, the blessing and the curse of, of having a professional team here in Austin, but it's true. We're fucking here for it. We're here for it, man. <laughs> Let's get to the stoppage time rundown. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, define this thing real quick for y'all one more time. Um, we have a list of about 10 to 12 Austin FC, MLS, et cetera related topics. I'm going to shout them out and we're all going to quick react to them and run through them. So let's get it started here. Lojo, I'm going to ask you first, no Julio or Rado against San Jose thoughts. Uh, I'm okay with not seeing Julio. I figured he'd be on the bench and his main role would just be warming up on the side. Uh, would have liked to see Radovanovich at the end there, but I think we took a center back off to add uh, Will Bruin, so it just wasn't in the game plan. But right. I definitely think we see one, if not both, those guys very, very soon. Paul, what about you? Uh, Radovanovich is already going to be out by the end of June, so we need to see him play. <laughs> Facts, bro. Yeah, I expect to see them both next week. Um, I was disappointed Facts. to not see one of them because I want Alex Ring back in the midfield, but I digress. Uh, Valencia, speaking of midfield, starts over Team Wolf this game. Paul, what do you think? Uh, I actually didn't mind this one too bad. I think uh, between him and Danny, there's still a little bit of the kinks that need to be worked out in terms of uh, positioning and going into you know the middle spaces uh, for freeing up some of those passing lanes. But for the most part, I actually did enjoy Valencia's work rate, and it's nice to you know see a different player other than our boy Owen. Yep, Loja. Hey, I think he put in a great shift. Uh, I think it was probably one of his better performances, honestly. Uh, and I think he gave something that Owen Wolf hasn't been giving last few games. You know, Owen's been uh, grown men have been showing him that they are grown men and he's still 18. Yes, uh, and I think uh, Johan went in there, played a little bit of bully ball, showed his, right. uh, yep. his size and stature. So good for him. Agreed, man. I think he did a great job on the press. Um, he had a lot of interceptions in a lot of dangerous spots. Um, is he progressing the ball amazingly in, in the offense? Not yet, but he looked better for sure. He was going side to side. He was finding the right spaces and making better decisions. Uh, topic of the night, topic of the week. Ragoni cashes in his first MLS goal. In short, Paul, what'd you think? Uh, dude, that's like fucking awesome. Like we are so glad that this finally happened, you know, um, and I'm going to make sure I end it there so I can keep it nice. <laughs> Loja. I'm happy for him, but I need and want more. I need it. Yep. Yes. I'm in the same boat. I'm glad he did it. Now just keep it going. Uh, 
when does Redis get his first goal? He he he's looked good. Lojo, what do you think? Do we play Tigress again soon? Oh, <laughs> oh, tell him. Uh, hey, that maybe. boy. Leaks cut maybe. That boy. <laughs> hey, if he can, I don't care as long as he keeps uh, contributing, getting some good assists. I don't care at this point. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I'm I'm with Lojo here. Uh, I think honestly, if we see positive contributions from him, he could just be one of those players where you know it might not show up in the stat sheet, but yeah. whatever happened at the end result was because of contributions yeah. that Rodney made. So yep. uh, I, you know, I'm gonna say we see it against. Uh, motherfucking uh, motherfucking uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. Okay. All right, all right. Write it down here, y'all. Hot takes. Uh, I think he gets his first this month. I, I think he's he's just in good form. He's playing well, and he has the opportunity with Diego out. So I'm hoping he gets it this month. But regardless, he's playing well. Uh, we've seen talks of this on Twitter. Let me know what y'all think. Rigoni at the nine. Paul, what do you think, man? Uh, they're joking. Like, fuck you joking, right? Because <laughs> because we we just spent a year and a half on this boy teaching him how to be a winger, and then we we think all of a sudden just because he's created the most chances and scores a goal – uh, like he's the next striker. Like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, <laughs> we have to sit there in our bed that we made with, uh, Jazzy's artists and we have to wait it out and make sure that our striker gets a fucking goal. Yep. Lojo. Um, how do you say no in wolf ball? That's, that's what I have to say. <laughs> verticality. <laughs> I was literally going to say verticality. <laughs> verticality. Okay. <laughs> All I'm going to say is look at the goal creating chances that our strikers have in the system historically. You don't, don't want Ragoni. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't yeah. show me that chart. Yeah. I know. Rig- chart. You want Ragoni on the wing where we can play through him. Um, Tark to join Austin FC too. There's rumors. What do y'all think, Lojo? I mean, he's got to be doing something. We can't just have him sitting around. <laughs> you know. You know. He's either at the pool or you know eating some food at the inside of <laughs> that he doesn't really deserve. Ooh. Put him somewhere. Who cares? Yeah. Here's my. Here's my question. Does he take over Kip's spot when Kip comes back to the first team in the locker room for Austin <laughs> FC2? Or or what happens there? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Kip's been on the rise. Obviously, Amro is in this weird little, like, uh, you know. Mental limbo. Mid- yeah, limbo. And uh, he, he needs to definitely start getting some some touches. So I think this would actually be a really good move for him. Yeah, I think for for form and just getting minutes, good for him. It, it might not even happen. Like, we don't know. But yeah. who knows? Um, EJ Johnson, we, we mentioned this earlier, but EJ Johnson, game tying goal against Minnesota United. He gets his first, his Instagram uh, caption was, I always say grace Somebody. before I eat. That's the hardest shit of all time. All <laughs> time, G. Paul, all time. He, is, he is him, bro. I'm sorry, yeah. EJ, he is him. Facts. Lojo? God. If we had a player like EJ at striker, if he could bring his talents and they translate directly to the MLS right now, I'm saying get this man a contract. I love, I love, love watching the highlights and watching him play. Yo, low key, EJ at striker, he's got the height, he's got the speed, he loves to press. That hold up physical. ball on him, yeah. That hold up play, like yeah. he got that. Damn, that's I like that. I like that. Okay, let's do this. We, we had this on on Twitter, and I want to give us a second. Let's let's be quick about it. But uh, Paul. Three players you want gone this summer, just off the top of the dome. Uh, give me Redis out. Give me uh, Tarek out. Give yep. me uh, last one is Will Bruin out. Yep. Lojo? Oh, gosh. You almost, I got Hector, I got Lima, and I got Bruin. 
Damn. Uh, Paul, I'm, I'm literally verbatim you. We didn't talk about this before. I want Tark out. I want Redis yeah. out because he deserves a chance. And I want right, right, right. Bruin out. I want yeah, I yeah. want those three out. Um, who, who, who asked us that question on Twitter? I, I'll find it and I'll shout you out after the fact. But shout out to, to that person. I think it was the Drew C stand account. Pretty yeah. sure. Shout out to them. Um, LAFC moves on to the CCL final. Lojo, what do you think? We all saw it coming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jump for LA yeah. football club. Oh, hey, hey, hey. We can't let everyone know we're secretly LSC. <laughs> oh, gee. I'm sorry. But, uh, no. but uh, no, we saw it coming. I mean, they might be better than the Seattle team that won it last year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, MLS goes back to back in CCL. Yeah. Yeah, my my, uh, my guess for the finals, whichever team has Denny Blong on it, it's going to win. So, oh, God. You know, jump for LA. LAFC. <laughs> uh, Austin <laughs> FC has been deemed as the 32nd most valuable team or, or football team franchise in the world, like of all teams. Paul, what do you think? That's uh, that's crazy, G. I mean, three years in and, and ranked 32nd, like, that's not bad. Keep it up. Mm hmm. Lojo? Yeah. I think that's great. And I wonder, I want to know if uh, potential and growth and uh, future projections plays a role in that, because I definitely think that's a big factor of just how quickly we've grown in three years. Um, yeah. 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 I hear that. I think, I think it's a testament to just the market of the United States low key. Yeah. Like there were, I think nine, or no, like 12, 10 ish, 10 ish uh, MLS teams on that list. Uh, of the 50 most um, valuable franchises in the world. And spoiler, Houston and Dallas are not on there. So um, I, I just think it's testament to the U.S. Uh, market. Um, and then one last thing, this is kind of a, a world news soccer thing, but uh, reports say Americans more interested in Wrexham than MLS. Lojo, thoughts? I mean, it's pretty easy when you have a whole production around your team and there's kind of an underdog story uh to your to your entire fan base here in the usa uh sure. I, I i feel like we you know if we got, yeah it'd be cool if we had some sort of like hard knocks uh something kind mm -hmm. of inside the game uh, all or nothing like they do over uh overseas yep uh here in the mls i think that would help raise awareness. apple yep. i need you to hear this and i need I you to start say. give us an all or nothing Let's do it. Come on. Yep. Paul, what do you think? Yeah, man. I think uh, the whole reason why the MLS is starting to blow up is exactly because, you know, fans in the U.S. want their own Wrexham, right? And, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the legacy teams like D.C. United, L.A. Galaxy, Chicago Fire, all of those original MLS 1.0 clubs. Mm -hmm. You know, they're looking at that and going like, what the hell, man? You know, like we've been here since 96. And yeah. Uh, we, we want some of that. And so all that to say, you know, if you're listening to this, chances are you, you might like MLS or you, you like MLS and uh, just continue to be a part of, of this culture and help us um, promote it because you know, this is, this is our, this is our league and we want to make sure that we, um, we do that. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. I think that's a great way to, to, to summarize that. And I think Lojo, you nailed it. Apple TV has a big opportunity here. They've seen the success of, you know, the Rexhams, the Sunderlands, um, et cetera, who've gotten their shows and have been popular because of it. Um, I think they have a chance to do something similar with teams like LAFC, like Austin, like 
Seattle, you know, Toronto, all these big market teams or, or just popular teams. Um, and I think really there, there needs to be a, a focus on us open cup. I'm pretty disappointed that Apple TV isn't the owner of the open cup broadcast. Um, I think that would be a big tool in building that kind of fandom in MLS open cup is the FA cup of America, obviously. So it's like, you know, that's a chance to see that, you know, lower tier teams taking on the, the behemoths of MLS and just kind of get that Cinderella story. Um, for sure. All right, boys, let's wrap this up. Appreciate y'all kicking it with us on this week's episode of the Very Dependent Podcast. I've been Logan, a.k.a. Lobar. Catch me on Twitter at LobarVHLM. I'm also Logan, otherwise known as Lojo. You can catch me at the Lolo Jones. That's what's up. And I'm Paul, and you can catch me on Twitter at PaulAndrewFC. And make sure to keep the chatter going online by following us at The Very Dependent on Twitter. A lot of you have already. We've seen a lot of love in our first day first couple of days online and we really appreciate y'all and we just want to say love. thank you and we're thank excited you. to build this thing with y'all and yeah, that's a wrap that's a podcast let's end it peace peace Good stuff. I liked it. Oh, why are you screaming at me? <laughs>